Hello, I'm Michelle. And I'm Laura. And this is the Pair Entrepreneur Club podcast, a fortnightly show to help you navigate the demands of being both a parent and a business owner. We will share lots of practical ideas, hints and tips, and our own and others' experiences of juggling work, family, health and finances. Above all, we want to help you find your purpose, define your identity and banish any confidence gremlins that might be holding you back from the life you dream of. No matter whether you have children or not, there will be something here for you. Let's get started. Thank you very much for joining me today, Richard. Um, if you just want to start by telling our listeners a little bit about you, that would be great. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, my name is Rich Morris. I'm uh, 38, Aquarius. I like long walks on the beach. Um, <laughs> Sounds like was... a dating app you're doing now. <laughs> No, mine's much worse than that, to be honest with you. Um, and yeah, I'm I work as a cyber account manager, which basically just means I manage the accounts for a cybersecurity firm called CryptoCloud, who are a twenty four seven organization. So yeah, I basically get to work in the interesting and little bit crazy world of cybersecurity and protecting organizations from Russians from North Koreans, from Iranians, um, and yeah, from just very unpleasant people. And I get to protect people and I get to help our clients be more protected. So yeah, it's, it's a pretty good job. Yeah, definitely. We've had a lot of conversations about this as well. And absolutely, um, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding around um, the name of CryptoCloud sometimes as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, just slightly, just, just the teeniest of tiniest of bits. Yeah. So it does actually come from uh, the ancient Greek word knowledge. That's why the crypto spelt like it is. And that's why it's there. Um, we have absolutely nothing to do with cryptocurrency. I still get asked questions on it um, every single day from just random people go to networking events, of which I know I've been one with you, Laura, where someone was asking me in-depth questions and then told them that we did cybersecurity and not cryptocurrency. And then they continue for the next 15 minutes to continue to ask me these same questions about cryptocurrency. So if you ask me questions on that, I'm just going to give you the same answer, which is don't buy it. If you ask me about (laughs) cybersecurity, I'm going to go buy it. That's pretty much my life in a nutshell, in two sentences. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, I was going to ask you what's a common myth about your job, Um, but I think (laughs) that's probably one of them. That that is probably one of them. Um, The mainframe doesn't exist. Everything you've ever seen in a Hollywood film that talks about the mainframe is lying to you. It is not real. Accessing a mainframe is not a real thing. It is one of the things that bugs cybersecurity analysts and professionals more than anything else when you go, so what is the mainframe? It doesn't exist. You have a network, but you don't have a mainframe. So um, that's one of them. The other thing is I think that's I would say the biggest myth about cybersecurity is it's not going to affect me. And I'm going to do my absolute best not to sound like the angel of death here, um, which is kind of difficult when you're talking about cyber sometimes. But it affects all organizations, big, small, healthcare, funeral directors, hairdressers. Um, You imagine from what what the Americans call a mom and pop organization all the way up to Microsoft and literally everything in between um so basically if you pop your head above the parapet it's something to worry about 
Yeah, I think this is a big thing. And I know um, when I first spoke to you, I was saying as a small business owner, what can I do to protect myself? Mm. Um, because um, certainly when you are handling data, um, it, it is mm. a big issue. Yeah. Um, what what would you kind of advise people um, on the best you know, kind of strategies to deal with that? It's a few things, really, that, you know, some are really, really simple. Some, you know, are slightly more complex. But first of all, actually have an understanding of what your date, where your data is and what you're doing with it. You know, understand the fact that, you know, really look at that data and try and understand, like, how sensitive is this information? If this information got out there in the wider world, how much, not just trouble would I be in? But how much trouble would that person be in? Um, and that, that extends to, you know, if you work in business to business as well, how much of a risk would I be taking if this got out there? Then ensure that, you know, you go through your basic things that wherever possible, you've got complicated passwords, you know, usually sort of 12. Uh, some people have said about going with the three random words. So I don't know. Um, I'm a Friends fan, so let's go with Purple, Rain and Badger. That would be a random assortment of words. Um, but just go with something like that or and as well as use multi-factor authentication. Yes, it is a pain, but that short period of time can save you a lifetime of hassle if things go wrong. Um, you know, look at your email security. I think, I think I've got this right, 76% of all cyber attacks stem from a phishing email, stem from a scam email sent to you. That's 76%. So if all you do is put on an email, cloud email security, you're literally nipping 76% of the chance of being attacked in the bud, right in the bud. Um, but then, you know, put on a decent antivirus. You know, there are some sort of further versions called endpoint detection and response, which is looking for other things as well. So if you're really, really small, like really small and you're just starting up just get get some like get some decent licenses not the ones that come free with your computer get something that's actually effective you know you wouldn't do that with a if your computer came with a crm you wouldn't be like yeah this is fantastic this is going to do everything i want it to you wouldn't you think it's free for a reason so, you know, just put a little bit of time and a little bit of investment um, because you're ensuring your data. If you've got members of staff and, you know, I come from a history of working for small businesses um, and I know how much it's a family atmosphere. You imagine how devastated you'd feel if someone that you've known for five, ten years and their information got stolen from you and they got scammed. You know, really take that to heart. If your family are like family, then treat their data like their family. Um, and, you know, yeah. if you say you're taking a customer centric approach from your customers or your clients, then really take that approach. You know, do the things that ma matter most. Um, and there's those there's loads of great resources as well. Um, you know, the National Cybersecurity Center, um, which is based out of Cheltenham in a large donut shaped building. Um, you know, they are go to their website. There's so many resources there for advice. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of the long and short of it, I would say. And I've yeah. spoken for far too long. I love that. No, that's great, Richard. Yeah, there's some really good good advice in there as well. Um, yeah. So just moving on a little bit to yeah, um, you. Um, yeah. Just because oh, I'm I'm really we've talked a lot. We've had a lot of conversations about mindset. Um, yeah. You know, personal values and drivers, and 
and just you know how do you think um what are the kind of personal values that you feel have shaped your career um to be as successful as you are mm. well thank you for calling me successful that's always a nice achievement um i would say that, you know i i work in sales but i actually started on a bit of a funny trajectory so i actually started in retail and i literally worked for an organization that had been going for over, well over 100 years and i just worked in person to person sales and you know the thing that kept them going for so long and suddenly they're no longer open but the thing that kept them going so long was that personal service and you know treating people with respect and trying to be knowledgeable and friendly and understanding and empathetic and asking the right questions and you know i spent a long time working in retail worked for some bigger organizations as well and that kind of mindset of customer real customer actual care and I don't mean when something goes wrong. I mean, actually wanting to see their success and realizing that, you know, working in sales is you're actually just you're working as a service. If you really believe in what you're selling, if you really believe in the product or the service or whatever else you've got. It's not it's so easy. And if you've got that passion for it and you've got that passion for what you're selling, every day is fun. It's not said every day is easy, but every day is fun. Yeah, I love that. That's been a real realisation for me as well, because um, yeah. when I started, I said to you, I, I hate selling. Um, but actually seeing <laughs> you um, did. You know, what you said, <laughs> I did. You did, and when indeed. I, when you said sales, see sales as a service, um, you know, if you're actually adding value to someone and you believe that is, a, you know, a valuable service, then it's, yeah. it sells itself. And I think that's yeah, a really good tip. No, absolutely. And it's a funny thing, really, because... You know, it's a funny phrase because everyone says about adding value and it is probably the most. I know you weren't using it as, as that, but I use it all the time. It is potentially one of the most cliched phrases used in all of business. Um, currently going through um, or basically what will hopefully become an MBA and added value is literally every other four, every, probably every fourth and fifth word used. Really? Yeah, oh, all the time, all the time. I have nightmares about a guy called Michael Porter at this moment in time. And I've only been doing it for two, yeah, two months now. And I'm already having nightmares about him. Um, if you've ever come across his work, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Um, but the one thing is, is that, you know, don't just think of it as monetary. You are adding value in a completely different manner. There are different values in life. And, you know, if you are making, so in your role, obviously, if you are making an organization more effective and actually creating solutions that are making their employees happier, how much value is there in happiness? It's enormous. Oh, I mean, yeah. do you literally cannot put a figure on it? It, unfortunately you actually can because there have been studies that have shown that happier employees do more but there is there is a core emotional route to it you know and if you can find that selling is the easiest thing on god's green earth and for me what i do i look at that core root of i hate bullies i cannot stand bullies and bullies who found a new niche way of hurting people good people i can't stand it so it makes it's that one thing that I kind of lean on that passion. Um, and I know that in in your own regard, you've got the same kind of passion, you know, for what you do. And it's, you know, it's a wonderful thing. And I think it's funny that when you're passionate about something, people say, oh, you're knowledgeable. It's like, I'm not knowledgeable. I just really care. Um, yeah, and you are knowledgeable, Richard. <laughs> I try. I try. I've only been doing this about, what, 
14, 15 months. So there's people with a lot more knowledge, but I I think something else is for anyone just who works in sales, be extremely confident about what you know, but also be extremely confident about what you don't have the blindest clue about. Um, and be curious just just be curious really yeah I say that all the time be curious yeah I love that yeah yeah that's it It was because it was funny because um you know some people may know this about you some people don't obviously you do some NLP work um and my MD and she'll hate me for telling you this saying this on uh, (laughs) on a podcast but she obviously she's not the most confident person to do a public speaking she had to do some um it was part of a course she was doing she needed to do it um, and i know that number one you know you did an amazing thing but i know number two that curiosity about her own behavior and about her own thought pattern was that something that was kind of deeply ingrained in that um and it's quite fascinating actually that the more people i speak to who i would deem to be successful the more i find they're actually more curious about everything else around them they're curious about people they're curious about things um and that and just that nature of curiosity seems to mean that you ask better questions and when you get better questions you get more interesting answers and then that becomes more self-perpetuating because you learn more so it's funny how it all comes down to passion and curiosity really yeah absolutely and i think yeah having that um you know uh, self-belief but also mm. questioning yourself you know as well as anyone else um yeah, yeah it, it's yeah it is fascinating yeah it is it's an uh, it's an amazing thing once you start looking into it and you know minds looking at your mindset can sometimes seem a bit and i know we've joked about this before it seem a bit woo woo um yeah it's it's something that you know you go to an ashram and uh get hit with like get hit with sticks and then you know have to be one with the world and it's not it's just about finding what makes you tick and then how do you make that tick even better and even more accurately um and that's a big deal i think that's a big big deal yeah it's huge um you know that was the the thing that you know I, I tell leaders is that you can't manage a team or lead a team unless you understand how to lead yourself mm. um you know because you need to understand how you're coming across to um other people and what reactions you're going to get um yeah absolutely i mean for you it must be kind of a, a difficult thing when you've got someone in front of you who says a leader and they you're saying it and they may be nodding but you can see behind the eyes that nothing's going on and they just go yes yes i do need to know myself and you can just see them going not a chance i know exactly who i am and they never really again have that curiosity about themselves yeah yeah there has to be an openness yeah definitely um so otherwise it just just won't work <clears throat> yeah that's it but um another question for you so um when you're um thinking about like the most well what's been the most successful thing you've done in your career what what would you say it was or what would you say got you there do you think oh most successful or most important lesson you've learned perhaps i would say yeah i was gonna say it's an interesting one i can probably go with both um and neither one were what we well what anyone would say is the biggest but i think the first time one of my businesses the first time i i worked on a business to business um sale that was of a for the organization a substantial size um and it was selling something amazing it was selling um 
there's a software company based from where I'm from in Worcester uh, that makes software for the visually impaired. And there was a big sale to a government department and they were looking at dropping us. I managed to chat with them, had presentations with them, talked them all through it. And uh, they kept us on and actually expanded that service. And But I knew what the other company were that they were using. And, you know, I believed in that service and that product more. And, you know, it wasn't just the fact that it was the company I worked for. It was that there was a company from where I was from making this software that was in, doing incredible things and getting that chance to say, hey, little little Worcester, it doesn't, it doesn't have to produce some decent stuff. Um, and the same is true Lincoln as well, to be honest with you um but yeah that was that was a real getting that through was um that was a real sort of real big thing for me um and then i would say the best lesson i've ever had i think the best lesson i've ever had is is that as much as it hurts embrace failure and if you want to work in sales if you don't like failure uh find something else seriously because you are going to fail many more times than you're going to succeed but if you and it's hard and it, it and it's funny how i've been if you count retail as well i've been working in sales for over 20 years and still sometimes failure hits you hard and it is disorientating and it makes you question things but having that resilience and building that resilience within yourself that okay i will let myself feel what i'm feeling but once i've felt it i'm going to put it to one side i'm going to take what i've the failure that's just happened and i'm going to look through it and go was there something i could have done differently was there anything i could have done differently and if i did everything possible that i could and i did everything in my mind right and i can live with myself with it and it just wasn't meant to be but if i didn't and there was something i could have done differently what's that lesson focus on that lesson and learn it and repeat it and repeat it um until you've got it perfect or what you as close to as perfect as you can get it then go ahead and then fail in more spectacular wonderful ways which will happen and then make that absolute you know make that little bit work on it and work on it and work on it until that's phenomenal and then repeat the process again, because somewhere in between all of those failures are going to come better and better successes. I really yeah, do I, believe that. Yeah, I think that's a great, great outlook. And one of the foundations of NLP is there's no such thing as failure, only feedback. Yeah. So exactly what you said there, that reflecting on it and thinking, what can I learn from this and, and do differently? Yeah, I love yeah. it. What was that? What's the Thomas Edison phrase? I didn't fail. I just found a thousand ways not to make a light bulb. <laughs> yeah which is a great phrase it is it is absolutely um yeah. so one one other question is um because you naturally deal with risks as part of your day day-to-day job mm-hmm. um but when we think of like risks to personal health and well-being and this is a big thing you know for me and employee engagement and yeah. looking at um you know how people can have that resilience um you know have you experienced this with people having a constant switch onto technology and what kind of suggestions would you you know say to to mitigate those risks so from a personal perspective um i would say so i'm quite open about things and you know this as well so i'm very open about my um my mental health um and a range of different things so um for those who know me it won't come as a surprise those who don't um so i 
of have clinical anxiety and depression. Um, so it's certainly not ideal with on a daily basis, take medication, done therapy, etc. You know, I still do it every day and I work on myself every day. And there's a million and one different ways of doing that. With technology, with its risks, there are, you know, social media especially, there are massive, massive risks. Um, twofold, really, from my perspective. Um, and I have gone through this myself. Number one is the dopamine hit it gives you is not good. Your human something else about me is I did a degree in psychology and the human brain is not designed to continually be spoon fed dopamine. And if you're wondering what dopamine sounds like the next time Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or anything goes bing at you, that's that is done deliberately to stoke your dopamine because something is interacting with you, something new, something novel. And that's great. But the brain looks for more and more and more. And I could repeat that infinitely. And it just and it starts to drain on your brain. It stops becoming as exciting. So you have to do it more and more, which means you find yourself going down that tunnel. A, that's not good for you because you're not actually living a life. You're just basically stuck on this. Um, you're stuck on this application. Um, but B, look at what's on those applications. Instagram, you know, I know that you know Instagram has caused so many challenges, so many challenges to people's own belief about themselves and belief about the world around them and that and seeing more inadequacies within themselves rather than seeing the incredible things about them you know to a certain extent all of life has a superficial element everything does but when it's being shoved down your throat again the brain just can't take it and i think from a personal perspective the risks of social media have to be tempered i am incredibly lucky to be uh, waiting to say but i'm incredibly lucky to be 38 because I did not grow up with social media. And I know you've got kids. I mean, I don't have kids myself, but I've got a niece and nephew, and I know you've got kids. And I do worry what's going to happen moving forward for kids who've had dopamine rushes. And then through that, those awkward, terrible years when you're a teenager and the whole world is against you and your first heartbreak is you'll never recover again. You imagine having all of that and all the things like bullying and all that crap as well you imagine having all of that but never been able to escape from it yeah. I, I cannot imagine it yeah. I, I think that's the biggest worry you know as a parent as well um, yeah. you know definitely and um you know I always remember them saying that the Facebook you know they call their users users and the only mm. people you know who you would refer to as users is normally associated with drugs yep um you know so yeah that dopamine hit is just um it's scary um yeah, it is. And I'll say, I'll be honest with you, I'll say coming from a perspective of, you know, I do, I have, you know, I've said about my own mental health uh, challenges, you know, I'll be honest, I've fallen foul to it. I know it. I actually know it deep inside myself that, that this is a completely wrong thing to do, but your brain doesn't work rationally. And if you settle on that, and you just and you set yourself strict boundaries, keep to them, because if you don't, you can end up going down a rabbit hole. And it has led to some bad things in my life. And, you know, I, I very much urge people, especially if they've got kids, just be mindful, just be mindful, because this is just they've spent their life with this app, with these apps. They spent their formative years and their formative years of building resilience. And if they don't get a respite, which phones mean that you don't, you know they're going to struggle so you find ways find creative ways go out to the middle of nowhere go 
you know, have time where you put your phone in. I've seen these amazing lock boxes. So when you're having like dinner, everyone's got to throw it in. Um, I yeah. did see somebody, um, fully enough on social media, um, who they'd literally created uh, like a safe. And until you put your phone in your safe, you did not get food, which I thought is a little, you can tell they're American, which is a little bit militant, but simultaneously absolute genius. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. But I love I love that, and I think that's something that, you know, one of the things that people get accused of, especially the younger generation, you know, Gen Z, is you know they don't have that resilience, and I think sometimes actually just they need to take some time completely to themselves and just be just themselves, nothing else around, just be themselves, and I think that helps to decompress, and that decompression then builds toughness and it builds hard a hardening of your of your spirit, and then from there that's what leads on to becoming more resilient so yeah. that's my thoughts on it anyway yeah no I love that and, and thank you so much for your honesty there Richard because um, right. we've, we've had some in-depth conversations um yeah and I appreciate that um and I think you know, if people listening that are going through similar things as well it's it's important to to know yeah um, just talk to someone if you ever go through stuff like that just just talk to someone whoever it is whether it's you know there's so many resources and you know whilst i deal with the risks of technology the one thing i can say is that it can be it could be very easy for me to be cynical about technology i'm not it is absolutely incredible what it can do and the people that it can help especially people with conditions like such as my own is from it's amazing I am certain that there are people whose mom and dads are still with us to this day because of technologies like that, that brothers, sisters, your mums, your dads, you know, that's wives, you know, girlfriends, boyfriends, husbands. Yeah, there's there's people here who are here because thanks to technology. There's people who engage who would have normally been lonely because of technology. Without technology, I think COVID would have been an absolute horror show. I think it could have genuinely been an absolute horror show, but it brought us together. So I will never, I will never be, um, I will never downplay it. I will never put it down. It is that, it is that shining city on the hill. It's just one that you just need to make sure is guarded with a really, really big wall with a fence on top with armed guards around it. But that's brilliant that's brilliant and you're so right because um yeah we curse technology a lot um Mm. but there's so many benefits to it so absolutely yeah Yeah, absolutely we wouldn't be having this conversation well we probably would be but there probably wouldn't be other people listening yeah (laughs) very true very true feels slightly voyeuristic now i say it So final question, Richard. Um, yeah. I'm an avid reader. I know you are as well. I'm so not. what would be your top book recommendation for our listeners? OK, can I pick one business and one, um, let's say, one fiction? Yeah, of course you can. If you could tell us why you'd recommend them as well, that'd be great. Yeah, of course. So what do they say? Business before pleasure. So the business one um, is a book called Turn This Ship Around. It's done by Captain David, sorry, L. David Marquette. Now, he was a U.S. submarine captain on a brand new uh, tax sub. Unfortunately, it was so brand new that he didn't actually know how to command this sub. He didn't know all the instruments, didn't know all the information. And the crew that he had uh, were unfortunately the lowest ranked crew in the entire U.S. Navy. That's including battleships, etc., and aircraft carriers. 
they went from the within i think it was about 12 months they went from the lowest rank to the absolute highest rank through creating a learning culture through pushing down um authority down to knowledge um and through making it a much more proactive culture it was one of the most incredible things as i said i believe that um the lessons that basically he figured out are now taught in the u.s naval academy he is also um star author keynote speaker you know he's done some incredible things um since he's retired from the u.s navy um so yeah anyone who is looking uh, how do I get the most out my team or how do I get the most out my organization? So, you know, if you've just started out a business or you've got a few people working for you, read it because start now, because if you start now, that is just going to feed on. And to be honest with you, you're probably actually going to set the kind of culture and tempo that will actually allow you to rocket through your competitors, absolutely rocket through and it will shine through you. Um personal book it's funny i always say like oh i'd like to pick two just to be an awkward git um and now i'm just struggling to think of one but the one that i was going to say is just to do is um to do with security and to do anything else uh is george orwell 1984 oh. I th- it, uh, for two reasons number one if you can finish it you'll feel proud of yourself because it is an absolute beast um and number two i think it kind of it does touch on your own liberty your own mindset as well Mm. and i think sometimes that double think is something that's out there in the world and is even out there in the it and information digital age that's just you know having a healthy healthy skepticism of some things isn't a bad idea and i think that's the one thing that you come away from that book is that you know a healthy skepticism is a good thing not Tim yeah. Fall hat wearing though, but a healthy skepticism. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, amazing. No, I love both That's of those. And uh, I've not read either, so I will put them on my book list. Uh, worth a read. Definitely yeah. worth a read. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you haven't read them by next time I see you, I'm gonna be very disappointed. So I know, yeah. I've got a challenge now. <laughs> yeah, you do. You do. Yeah, especially as it's I think the next networking meeting's in about a week's time. So good luck. <laughs> yeah, have you have you, you have you ever seen No, 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 absolutely. Well, life's about challenges. Very true, but I think you know, 1984 is going to take me some time. Ah, uh, it's all right. You'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. So, um, if people want to find out more about Crypto Cloud and get in contact with you, how can they do it? Yep. So they can contact Crypto Cloud. Well, first of all, if you want to check out our website, it's www.cryptocloud.com. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the team, so myself, my colleague Mike. Um, or long-suffering colleague Mike, as he has to work with me on a daily basis. Um, you can get in touch with us on sales at cryptocloud.com, or you can give us a call on 01522 We're also on LinkedIn, so you know, put in CryptoCloud or put in Richard Morris and look for the guy who talks a lot about coffee, and uh, you'll probably have found me. And if you haven't, you found a doppelganger of me, so please let me know. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time today, Richard. Really enjoyed our chat absolute pleasure Laura thanks for having me thank you for listening we hope you enjoyed it we rely heavily on word of mouth so if you found value in this episode please hit subscribe and share it with family and friends if you'd like to find out a bit more about us you can find us on our Facebook group Parentrepreneurs Club or alternatively on Instagram Parentrepreneurs underscore club we hope you have a great week and we look forward to talking to you next time